Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. My guest today is Julia Willinger. Julia is an artist and producer and manager with so many years of experience in the music business. She is also a certified yoga teacher and a certified meditation teacher. On today's episode, Julia and I talk all about overworking and how so many of us in the music industry and in general, really, (laughs) overwork and we don't take time to rest. So we talk all about that on this episode and I found it actually um, because we recorded this a few months ago and listening back, it's such a nice episode to kind of cap off the time management free challenge that so many of you just did with me last week. It's very fitting. It really just drives the point home that we cannot overwork ourselves or we'll be worse off for it. And it goes over very similar themes that we talked about in the challenge while Julia really just teaches us some new things, some new ways to look at it and shares her own experience and her own expertise. So this is a really fun episode. I'm excited for you guys to hear it because I think that this is all something that a lot of us have struggled with at one point or another. Seriously, raise your hand right now unless you're driving, if you have ever felt like you were overworking and like you couldn't take time for yourself. Raise your hand if you've ever felt that you don't have enough time for self-care and you don't even know what you would do even if you did have enough time. These problems are problems that a lot of my clients face. And it's pretty convenient that I'm bringing this up today with this episode because I just opened up spots for my one-on-one coaching program. Applications will be open through Wednesday, July 31st, so there's plenty of time to apply still. And in my coaching program, I work with my clients to, yes, reach their career goals, whether they're an artist or music industry professional, but to do so in a way that avoids burnout, that brings you less stress. So you're actually doing these things, but doing it in a stress-free way instead of adding more stress on. We work on your goals and we figure out a wellness routine that works for you so that you can actually do the things that you love while building your artist career and while taking time for yourself, which to so many people just feels like it's an impossible dream. They'll never be able to do it, but I'm here to tell you that you can do it. All of my clients have done it, they're thriving, and I'm excited to take on some new clients as well so that even more people can continue to grow and see that they don't have to live a life full of stress. They don't have to live a life of constant burnout and fatigue and overwhelm and guilt and doubt and questioning. You can live a life that is full of joy and happiness and moving forward and reaching those goals and spending time with people that you love and doing things that you like, and playing music, and watching movies, and whatever the heck else it is, you can do it. But most likely, you need the support to get there. And I am here to be that support for you. So if your wheels are turning right now, if you are intrigued, head to the link in the description, or just head to bit.ly slash outtobeatcoaching to apply for my one-on-one coaching program. And if you apply by today, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, if you apply by today, you get access to the bonus, the fast action bonus, which is a vocal health exclusive training with my friend and vocal coach, Joanne Hart. So it's gonna be super, super awesome. Definitely go ahead and just apply. You have nothing to lose. We'll hop on a free discovery call to see if it's a good fit for us to work together after you do. And then you can get started on changing your freaking life. So. I am excited to welcome some new clients in. If it's you, I can't wait to work with you. 
And remember, applications close on Wednesday, July 31st, so don't hesitate. Apply now. All right, you guys, let's hop into today's episode with Julia. Hi, Julia, and welcome to the Out to Be podcast. Hi, thank you so much. I'm excited to be talking with you today. I am so excited as well. I'd love for you to start by introducing yourself to the audience. Great. Uh, My name is Julia Willinger. I have been working in music for probably close to 12 years now, Um, working at various record labels, now on the management side, but have done a little bit of everything in terms of A&R and marketing, publishing, starting my own label at one point, Um, also running retreats for artists, doing charities, you name it, I've tried to do it all. <laughs> and um, tangentially to all that, I've also been a practitioner and student of yoga, meditation, um, from, and also Buddhism from mainly the Tibetan and more recently the Thai Theravada tradition, and have been teaching um, meditation and mindfulness. Um, most recently, as well as in school part-time now studying counseling. So I'm curious, as someone who just worked in the music industry for a long time now, what sparked your interest in studying Buddhism and meditation and yoga? They started actually around the same time. I was always curious in psychology from um, in general and always had heard about Buddhism growing up and thought it was interesting and Initially, I think it was yoga that I got into first, actually quite early, like now looking back, um, like the end of high school. And it was definitely from a, this lower stress perspective and get, you know, get some physical movement as well. Um, and it was really the gateway to so much to something that I moved in that felt really good because I wasn't like the most physically athletic growing up. I was never like a sports person. So there was that aspect of it, but I did notice an effect from it and just that it was probably a lens into spirituality. I didn't probably know that at the time. Um, And just from that moment and from that beginning practice, it led me to find meditation and Buddhism. Um, I was going to school in New Orleans during uh, Katrina and was transferred to Wisconsin where I sat in on a lecture about meditation and I met one of my yoga teachers was a real Buddhist himself from Naropa and, and kind of just showed me like what it truly means to practice this philosophy that I was studying a bit. And so that's where it started and I just got increasingly more serious um, ever since then. And I up until probably five years ago, kind of kept it as this side thing for myself and a passion, just more as in a therapeutic sense and really always kept me feeling close to myself um, and something bigger than myself as well while I was my work life and a lot of my passion was being driven in the music sphere. That's really cool. So I know that you think there's a really big importance in finding a deeper connection with ourselves and something that's outside the world of what we just do. Like, you know, you, you get into a conversation with someone and you're like, the, one of the first questions you ask is, what do you do for work? And yes. especially in the music industry, music can be our whole world sometimes. Not only is it our job, but it's our hobby, it's our interest, it's our passion. 
And so I think this is a really interesting conversation to have. I'd love to start by just asking, why do you think it's so important to find a deeper connection with ourselves besides what we do as a career? Totally. I think initially, um, for so many different reasons, and I can speak from like a personal space as well, but if you're lucky to find a job that not only has something you feel passionate about, like in my, in, in my personal experience, I was always so passionate about music, um, as well as get some form of external validation about your position that also feeds into feeling good about what you do and, and look, you know, everyone had always told me, Oh, what you do is so cool. Whether they knew the ins and outs of it. Um, so there's this sort of, you know, the internal passion, the external validation, and then the, the way the job is in and of itself, as you mentioned, is the lifestyle. It's, you don't really check out unless you force yourself to, um, you're rewarded the more you're checked into it, the more you work hard. People love saying they're busy. And this isn't not just only music industry, but that's the lens in which I can speak to the most. Um, you know, you're so true. I think just uh, our country, yeah. like America as a culture, it's like people pride themselves and saying, oh, I've been so busy. Like, how, oh, how yeah. are you? How you been? Busy. Busy. Yeah. <laughs> what does exactly. that have to do with anything? Like I've never, and we pride people and pride ourselves on, oh, I haven't taken this vacation in so many years. And now like maybe a few years ago, that would have made me pause and be like, oh shit, should I have taken that vacation? And now I just kind of, um, you know, have loving empathy to, to people who um, feel that there's a need uh, to, to not have space and take time for themselves in life. And I think it's a combination of things. I think it's seen still as being selfish, you know, to, to take time for self and to get to know oneself and to have time outside of work. I also think a lot of people are really scared and what would come up if there was any space in their life, if they had time to be with their thoughts, to be without work, which in music is so beyond work. It's, it's purpose and passion and again, life. So, um, I think for so many reasons, being able to try to cultivate balance um, is so important just as, as humans. Um, we're not, I don't think we're made or creative to push ourselves to these limits and to be defined by one thing. And the more we fix our own identity onto what we do for a living um, and who we date it, it's outside of ourselves. It's um, a part of who we are and a part of what we do. And I think those things are really important in adding to our life. And, you know, I do think humans do need to work to a certain degree, need to work, need to feel like they have um, something to do, something to ha gain mastery of and skill and love of and have passion towards. It's just when anything becomes too narrow-minded, too one-sided, all-encompassing, where I think it causes detriment. And it might not be immediate. I, I think people do feel sort of like little pulls in the, in the immediate ways if it is all thrown into one basket. Um, at the same time, I think it's the long-term effects that really start to weigh on people. And these glimpses along the way lead to, you know, one day waking up and 
you know, feeling this sense of like, what are my priorities? What have I been living for? Is this worth it? Um, the toll that this type of job can take. And some people, you know, have a way of being able to dedicate their whole entire life to the job and seem totally unfazed by it. Um, and I, you know, that's just who knows what's going on on the inside and everyone's different. Um, but what I found to be really important, at least for me and people around me is, is having something outside of work, having a sense of connection to something deeper in the world and to self, um, what, however, or inner, inner being, you know, the word self is sort of weighted. It kind of disconnects you from this feeling of connection and community to others in the world. So, um, you know, I think as we grow up that, that need and that realization does become clearer whether we want it to or not, that work is not everything. And even as, you know, I think we were discussing a bit as an on the artist side too, where there's this sort of allowance to indulge in creativity at all times. And even that I think um, can come with, you know, a level of disruption as we've seen like a lot of, um, you know, deaths and overdoses and things over the years where it's, it's how do you find the balance? How do you connect to something outside of what you do how do you have not what you do define who you are and also feel a connection and a sense of meaning in in life and and you know all what you do is related to it but I just think it's that definition is where things can get tricky before we dig a little bit deeper on that did you go through something personally that led you to this mindset and this particular way of thinking and living your life? Did you struggle with work-life balance or like have some sort totally. of... Yeah. Was there like a turning <laughs> point in that journey that really made you think like, why am I living like this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was always doing a million things, but I was always doing, you know, and whether, you know, I was always doing work. I was also, I was just never taking real space, even like adding the yoga and the meditation at the time was still like a doing mentality. Oh, I need to fit this in. And I, I have friends that are like, do you remember that time? I'm like, you just never were, or let me say that differently, was like always just doing something like an activity, work, work related, a charity, whatever it was, I was just always doing, doing, doing. Um, and I think after, you know, being in music and, and for so long and like as it was growing and my career was only getting better and um, I was having more responsibilities, it became more of my life and um, bleeded into all areas, you name it. So I felt pretty like trapped in it too, you know, like the less I had outside of it my community was in music, my passion, my work, my relationships, just everything was there. My priority was really became my job. Um, and, you know, I think that was sort of on one scale of what was happening. Um, and anytime I really would take a pause and I would listen, there would be, you know, something like nagging, like, is, is this really you know I don't know it's sort of like an inner voice quality that wanted something a bit different or wanted to be doing it differently but 
I had no idea how to do that, especially because the harder I worked and the more I made it my life, the better I was doing. Um, so it took years to sort of figure out how to unravel that mindset and place boundaries um, and really take time and say no and do less and really like explore what it was that the work was asking of me, what I was getting from it, where, what, what was coming from my ego and what was coming from like a truer inner part of me and, and what I was even trying to accomplish. Like that kind of got lost along the way. Like it, it started as a real passion to work with art that I really believed in and help that art get put in the world. I was always into things that were a little off center or like less heard of and, and how to get those um, artists and art I was working with, you know, brought to more people. But along the way, you know, with different people I worked with or whatever you want to, I don't want to blame it on anyone, but so many different reasons. Um, what I was doing started to lose its value and purpose and meaning and was be just became more about um, the job and like sort of getting to a certain place in my career. Um, yeah. So the meaning just started sort of uh, the, the thread sort of started coming undone a bit and in the emphasis of the job once I was like, wait a second, like, why, what is this all for? Like, what is this really doing? And what are my goals here? And it was just a complete reevaluation of why I was doing it, how I was doing it, what I wanted my life to look like. Um, and the toll it was taking, you know, I was so stressed all the time. I was so fatigued. I, um, just started really resenting so much about it. So I really needed to take a, take a pause and figure out, okay, if I'm going to do this, like, how am I going to do it? Why am I doing it? And really just more look at the bigger picture about life and, and how I related to it. Yeah. And I really like that you mentioned it. It actually took you a couple years to sort of get to that point where from realizing it was an issue to kind of coming more full term with the changes that you made because it's not going to be an immediate process for so many of us who do want to make that change when we're stuck in this world where we're constantly working and we're overloading ourselves all the time. We can't just flip a switch and then turn it all off and then have everything be fine and dandy. <laughs> Most of the time, right. there's a lot yeah. to it that you have to consider. And like you said, acknowledging what's serving me, what's not serving me, what is, what am I getting out of this? What did I actually set out to do when I started this career or this project or, or whatever? And what's changed since then? Is this where I want to be? Is this not where I want to be? There's so much good stuff in there that I think people can use to help them themselves consider where they are in life and where they might want to make changes. I'd love to totally. talk a little bit more about what forms of practices can assist people in their journeys of this. So say someone's realizing now, okay, this is speaking to me. I'm totally overworking myself. I totally don't feel necessarily fulfilled or I don't feel like I'm really in touch with myself. I feel like I'm kind of just chugging along and like trying to do my job, try to climb to the top of the corporate ladder or trying to get a better artist deal or more streams or whatever it is. And they're kind of losing yeah. themselves within that. 
what's one of the first things you would recommend people doing to really start to connect back with themselves? Well, I think something I probably wish I had more of at the time was like a bit of self-compassion as well as this feeling of relatedness. You know, the idea is that so many people go through this um, where, you know, it's a part of maturing. It's a part of becoming. It's all part of the process of finding yourself in your own way. And it's that awareness, that first moment of, aha, this awareness of this is too much or I feel overwhelmed. Like, I want to change or, you know, these are all such natural things that we, I believe so many of us experience in our life. So that just being able to be aware and then feel a connection with other people, I think, um, makes it a less isolating and scary experience. Um, you know, feeling lost is one way to find yourself. And I really, I took that with me through this experience of having to reevaluate and really connecting with people for the first time in a very different way. Um, so those are just things I wanted to name and that ended up being beautiful, but at the time felt really, really scary. And then the second thing, you know, even though um, for me it was, you know, yoga, meditation, Buddhism, mindfulness, therapy, you know, that's not for everyone. And something I would say is like, finding something that makes you feel closer to you and it's probably already there and it's whether it's just not been done since childhood whether that was like playing an instrument or making art or dancing or movement you know there's got to be things at least one thing that makes you feel as a person like closer to yourself and starting there to add space and time um to, to do that activity or that practice, or maybe it's just the exploration of finding a new one, whether that's something like cooking and, and trying to be curious and playful in terms of, okay, like this is a, this is a big realization. This is a journey that I'm going to go on. It's not going to be easy, but if the intention is to start this practice of coming back to yourself and finding what gives you joy outside of work, like, you can start again, like looking in childhood or trying to have some playfulness and curiosity. Um, I always recommend movement to like getting in the body is so important. It's our mind that takes us um, to a place of fear and worry a lot of the times, which is, again, we have to be compassionate because that's what the mind and does. But whatever we can do. So if it's like adding in a walk where you don't like look at your phone, you know, these little tiny things we could start to do that make little changes in our life, um, depending on, you know, where you are within like your personal practice, where you are with your job and your life, like what, how extreme it feels. These are just like little tiny tools um, I would start with in a very compassionate way to begin to say, okay, like what's going on? What do I need? What makes me feel good? Um, I always recommend journaling too, if that's appealing, like just starting to write down like what's happening, what's coming up for me and knowing it's going to be a journey. And um, in so many ways, the journey to figure out what works for you to get close to yourself, what works for you to feel connected to others, what, how big of a shift you need to make, um, just starting to track and notice stuff. So that would be like, you know, a, kind of a spectrum of like, you know, from your question where I would probably encourage people to just like see and start exploring. 
Yeah, I love that. There's there's a lot of good places to start there. What if somebody does start something and they're sort of like, like say they start with meditation and they're like, I don't yeah. know if this is really working. I'm not really feeling it. I don't know if it's really helping me reach my goal of feeling more connected with myself. Mm-hmm. Do you recommend they mm-hmm. stick it out or they try something else? Is yeah. it sort of a matter of just finding what works for you? I think in terms of meditation, it's, it's good to remind, um, it's, it's a good reminder to remember like meditation, although like right now it's, it's very popular, which is great, you know, in many ways. Um, basically, it's just a practice of being present. And even that can sound confusing because um, most of us, to a certain degree, are still kind of living in these patterns of living that are uh, that, but this idea that our thoughts are us, they control us, they, uh, they are you know, who we are and um, what meditation helps to do and what being present helps to do is notice that these thoughts, of course, they're happening, they're physiologically happening, you can't actually like see them, but um, we know thoughts are being formed and they naturally come up. But the difference is it's being able to see your thoughts and, and know that the thoughts are there, but the content isn't necessarily Necessarily true. Um, the feelings that you have are real. Like again, these are things you can't like see. You're like, where is the feeling? You can try to locate in your body, but the you know there's no organ of feeling. But these things are happening. Um, they're they're your felt experience, but they're the content. Again, who's to say if they're real or not? And so we place all this attention on that. So. What meditation, what being mindful, what being present really is, is just knowing that, that knowing that these things are happening, they are, that's real, they're not, you know, I'm not saying they're not happening, but it's your own perspective that's coloring in the shade of these things. And then you start to realize, oh my God, like I have agency, I have control of what I do with these thoughts and these feelings, like I can start to appreciate them. I can be with them. I can try to let them go, you know, whatever, you know, that's, that's a whole other topic, but just knowing that, um, is so big, I think. And so meditation itself is a practice. Like, so there's no right or wrong per se way of doing it. It's just, it's always a practice. Nobody ever gets to a mastery level of meditation it just gets easier. And all you're trying to do is be with what is. So you can be with yourself. You can be with the noises that are evolving minute to minute, second by second. You can be with the felt sensations in your body. You're just trying to notice what's happening so that there's space around sort of the, the natural patterning, um, the default mode of our brain and our body, which unfortunately is a bit on the negative side. Um, and 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 through what I'm saying, maybe you can even feel more connected to other people knowing like, aha, we all go through this, aha, like we all default to this sort of um, mode that isn't really helpful. It's based on like fear that we've inherited, whether it's from our own personal family history, our own personal trauma, or from like, you know, prehistoric times, we have this default network. Um, physiologically and biologically of like a more negative fear-based mode. So um, to rewind <laughs> meditation, there's, there's so many different ways to meditate and there's so many different ways to figure out how to be closer to yourself, be with what is happening. 
Um, I, I think movement is a great gateway. Like it was for me and it still can make me feel that way. It can make me pause, get in touch with my breath and my body really be with is, is quiet the noise in quote unquote noise in my head. And, um, and just try there, you know, other, there's so many forms of meditation. Sometimes it's easier to have a mantra based practice where you're just repeating a certain word over and over a certain phrase over and over. There's, um, guided meditations I think are super helpful when you're starting to learn. There's somebody there like walking you through it or going to a group where you go and sit. It's also really helpful. The energy of being with other people, again, being led, um, is very helpful. So there's so many entry points uh, to the practice. And then you, you take all the different lineages and all the different places um, that where people where this comes from, you know, adding the history and the philosophy. Um, I, you know, as a person who loves to learn, like for me, that's what's also beautiful about it. It's not just this thing you do, and you check out, it's this thing that, okay, here's a practice, I'm going to do that yes, it's, it's hard in the moment, but you're taking the practice and applying it to your life. And so you're practicing this, this skill, they call it sometimes if you imagine your mind like this, uh, like a muscle, you're exercising this mental muscle, just as you would like at a, at a gym, um, exercising your physical, you know, lifting weights, in order to like, reframe the way your mind works in, in life, as well as adding the historical lens to it. Um, I just think it's such a gift we can give ourselves. And then if that all feels also too much, it's just trying to maybe, you can just, again, like take a walk and try to count some numbers or even try to just like say left foot, right foot, you know, anything meditation, again, it's just like, can you be with what is actually happening as things are rising in the present moment to exercise mindfulness? I'm so glad I asked that question. (laughs) (laughs) Such a good lesson in meditation too. And like tips for, you know, if we do find ourselves too overwhelmed in the process, why it's important and how we can approach it in different ways. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So in my kind of experience and opinion in all this, and also based on everything you said so far, I kind of see it as two parts. It's like the reframing your mindset part to acknowledge that you are actually maybe not putting yourself first. You are overwhelmed in the first place, because I think a lot of times it's easy for people just to like, yeah, we know we're maybe overwhelmed and tired, but we're not actually coming to terms with the fact that it's impacting our lives in such an extreme way and also will continue to do so if we don't do something about it. So it's like the first part is sort of like acknowledging that and then reworking our mindset around it. And then the second part of it is practicing like physical things like you mentioned, meditation, movement, maybe therapy, traveling, things like that, cooking, you mentioned going for a walk that kind of get us into our body and able to practice being within ourselves. But as far as the resetting our mindset parts, because we touched on that a little but I kind of want to go back to mm-hmm. it. Um, for anyone who might be struggling, because it's easy enough to say, you know, okay, you acknowledge that this happened now, just like go for a walk and start meditating and it'll all be okay. But right. I think there's like deeper mindset blocks that we all have to overcome ongoingly in order to really 
put this into practice. So what would you say to people who are really struggling with resetting their mindset on this? I think it all depends on how you look at life and, and what you think, what you think about your life, you know, knowing that we're only here. The only thing we know is that is the unknown, but um, you know, it's that, we only get this one shot, right? And so what, what do we want to make of it? And it's like, what are, what are our priorities in life? You know, really deeply, if we feel like we could die tomorrow, which we could, like what, you know, and this is totally taken from Tara Brock, but like, how would we live today? You know, if we only had, if we think about our future self looking back on today, like what would we regret? Like, what would, how would we want to live our lives? I think yeah. it's a, it's hard. I can answer my own version, but that question comes back. So to how we want to live our lives daily and how, what are our priorities? What getting in, in touch with our values. Um, if you know, these things changing our behaviors and our patterns, even the physical, the mental ones, I mean, that is, it's a lot of work, but for me, like, what else is life worth living for, you know, it's like this beautiful journey of self discovery, and um, working on ourselves and not in a self help way, but like, how do we get to know who we are? And uh, even can we appreciate the fact that, oh, this is going to be really hard, like, I'm a human, I want to change, making change is really incredibly hard. Like, can I give myself some love and care around that? you know, again, not selfish, but like an inner compassion and inner knowing and inner acceptance to like, okay, I want to make changes. Like, what does that mean? Like, so a lot of times when it comes to even meditation, I'm like, try one minute once a week and schedule it, you know, like, what are you going to be able to actually do? How are you going to feel not give yourself a hard time for not for not making these changes when you're already feeling bad? You know, it's like, um, Again, Tara Brock, like the second arrow, like we feel bad that we that we want to make these changes. It doesn't it usually feels really uncomfortable. And then if we give ourselves a hard time on top of that for not making the changes, it's like putting a second arrow into our heart. So what can we do that we know that we can master on a small scale? Scheduling some one thing in a week. Can we put our phone down for an hour? Like small obtainable goals that, you know, really having to start believing in ourselves to know that we can make these changes over time. And and again, like, it's not always going to be easy, but the struggle, the change, the transition, the messiness, those edges is where we really do find ourselves. It's all about the transition. Um, The like, you know, coming out of our cocoon, the Marion Woodman, like, has this whole book about the chrysalis, like, when we that it's all about what's happening in that baking in the oven as we're figuring out like who we are making those changes again it's like this self exploration within that space um the fruit of all the labor is actually in the difficulty of the changing because that's how we get to know who we are and get to know our own pattern patterning and the suffering um, in order to make the changes. We can't make the changes without getting to know how we work and how we operate. 
Yeah. And I love that you brought up the scheduling in really small actions that we can take in order to not overload ourselves and know that we're, we're making changes, but we're not like making ourselves feel guilty for not doing more. Because yeah. one of the things I was actually going to ask you next was, what would you say to someone who is really just like, I want this, but I don't have the time to actually do it or make it a right. priority? Like, what would you say to someone? I, I imagine you would say schedule in those small changes, but do you have any other advice to add yeah. on to that? Well, you know, maybe they aren't ready, you know, like not everybody is ready to do these things. People have to, I do believe people come to these things when they're ready, when they're, you know, I believe people have the capacity and will know themselves more than any other person. It's when are they willing to, and are they willing to, I don't think these things are for everyone at the same time. I think some people get so pushed where they're forced to have to make changes, like they're pushed because their partner's like, I can't deal with you never being available, or they fall sick, you know, it does sometimes get to that point. But if we can start to listen in a, in a compassionate way, then we'll start to know, like, what are the changes we can pay, make that really do work for us at this point, you know, nobody's going to do it for anybody. But just having the awareness and curiosity, I feel like are big signals and the I'm too busy thing will will start to catch up with them. Um, if they really do want to make a change, but really do feel like they're too busy, you know, and um, as you know, as a one friend or somebody, mind, yeah. one thing that comes to mm -hmm. mind when you say that too is like, I feel like people could even just start by making conscious effort when people ask, How are you? instead of answering, I'm busy, answer something that actually speaks to how you are. And just that little action will start to get you in tune with yourself and like how you're feeling. Yeah, right. It's like, Can we get more in touch with sort of a deeper layer of what's going on? Um, beyond you know the obvious answer like really trying to check in um and getting in touch with a, a deeper part of self or i think it's hard i think that question is often is much more weighted than any of us even realize you totally. know um but yeah i i guess i'm at a point in my life where maybe i would have said something differently even a year or two ago um in terms of like giving advice but I think I have to believe that people give people the benefit of the doubt that they will come to these things when they're ready for it. But if they're even willing to make little changes, um, you know, that's so doable. But if they still feel like they're really way too busy and they probably don't want to hear anything I have to say anyway, they're too busy for that too, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, that's it's such a good point because you're right. Not everyone can expect to be ready to go on this journey because it really is a journey. It's an ongoing process. It's something you have to work at every day. And you you might not be in a place where you're ready to start that. So and that's okay too. Maybe it's just later on where you'll get to that point. Uh I you know, yeah. before we wrap up, I know we talked about earlier how our culture is kind of this way. Like the music industry, yes, but also just I think our culture in general. That we, yeah. whether people actually are judging us or we're just programmed to feel like people are judging us, if we do take mm -hmm. a break or take a vacation or have actual work-life boundaries where we turn off at five o'clock and we don't do work and we leave and we go home, what can we do as a society to sort of fight that 
and make it more normal to just rest? Well, I think if we look at outside, you know, sort of these capitalistic um, societies and other cultures where there is much more of an honoring of you work to live, you're not living to work. Um, and you can look at their rates of, you know, depression, where the depression rates, the, the heart disease, you know, like our culture, it's, we can feel that it's not working, you know, like people aren't happy, like the suicide rate, the opioid rate, the burnout rate, the, you know, there is something, there's a crack in our system. Um, and I do love that there's like this, you know, hashtag self care and mindfulness, like all these things are becoming popular, but they're only in certain places, right? And even with those things, they're like, is there groundedness to it. Um, so I think, you know, as a culture, we can, we can help if we feel like it has made an impact on our individual life without preaching or like pushing other people to it. We can share our stories and um, offer our guidance. And, you know, it's, again, it's like, how do we shift? Um, I, and it's also all about community. And then something you spoke about earlier on, it's like, the more we look outside ourselves for validation or define ourselves, the, the less we can hear and really um, get to know what really does matter to us and knowing that we're seeing everything from our own perception anyway, right? So if we remind ourselves that, that we don't ever really know what other people are thinking, it's us who shape what, you know, what we and how other people are relating to us in many ways. Like if we love ourselves um, and we ask ourselves like what we really need and what we want to take care of ourselves, it would be a completely different answer than by sort of these false expectations that a lot of us put on ourselves. Like there's also the bosses that I'm sure do drive in certain beliefs, but at the end of the day, like I think people have more respect for those who do stand up and say, I have boundaries. I'm not answering stuff after the hours of work, I have a life, I take time for myself. Um, and those people, there's like this, at least I look up to people like that. And it puts a sense of um, that person like respects themselves for, for laying down where they have, they know themselves, they know their boundaries. And they also get to explore the world and meet other people and have their minds expanded versus sort of this narrow lens of only seeing and being with people who do what you do or like who you do, like we can't really relate to others or, you know, we're going to fear everyone else that's not like us if we don't spend the time getting to know other people, um, you know, people that have even completely different, you know, set of values and beliefs. But um, I'm totally going on a tangent right now <laughs> I'm answering your question that's okay no that's great yeah <laughs> um, before I let you go you yeah. host retreats can you tell us a little bit more yeah. about the retreats that you do yeah so myself and two other partners we started them I would say almost four years ago now um, and what they do is they provide artists a place to make music and meet other artists and build community, but also to get um, these practices to get offered meditation, yoga for their lives, for being on the road, um, healing arts. So that's like art therapy, poetry therapy. It's ex 
it's really fun. We give a ton of options. And at the end of the day, if you just want to like make music, get to take a moment, get to go on a retreat, get to remember what life's all about beyond what you do with all the things we were talking about at the beginning, um, connect deeper to yourself, to the world. Um, that's really the intention there. And they've just, really done every single one is its own unique experience where uh somebody somebody gets something different out of it than than the other people there which is so cool everybody has their favorite thing they do and what's really something they've been able to carry so um they're called atrium retreats and we do them all over the world we'll start probably doing them more regularly um in the california area because that's where we're all based um and yeah like they're just they're so great. I, I get so much out of them and I'm not, you know, I'm just leading them and producing them. But um, yeah, I think they're really important for the people there and that get to go. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you just for sharing all of your knowledge today. And we're so grateful to you, Julia, for inspiring. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think it's so great. Like we really need someone to come on here and tell us like work is not everything that you do. <laughs> and I'm really glad that we <laughs> conversation today. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure and I hope to speak to you soon. Same to you. And where can we connect with you? Yeah, for sure. So Instagram is I-G-G-Y-W-I-L-L-I-N-G-E-R, but feel free to email me, um, Julia at juliawillinger.com. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you all. Awesome. Thank you so much, Julia, for being on today. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day. 